we really have the um, the bar set by buyers' experiences in other industries and on other applications, other apps. I mean, we have to mirror all those things. I mean, if you look at from a Tesla, they're able to find design and experience and even buy the car online. And when they get the full driverless cars, that car would drive to you. So that's the one of the early bars for um, buying a new home is buying a new car online. Um, you look at Uber, you know, traditionally we have to go and hail down the, the, the cab and we have to go to where the product is. Uber brings the product to the buyer anytime, anywhere, anyhow, and it matches the buyers with the products and it notifies the buyer when it's there. We, they're expecting the same experience with their house. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. Hey everybody, Matt Riley with Group 2 here. Really excited today. We are, we're actually testing out. So if we mess up some things, today is just a test run. But we thought, why not test run Facebook Live today? We're, we're starting a little thing called Building Perspective Live. So what we're going to do is do a little recording of the front half of our podcast episode for this week. And we thought we would do it right here on Facebook Live, and then uh, we'll attach the audio right into the podcast and uh, go from there. So just we'll kick things off and uh, and get started right away. And so wanted to welcome in my special co-host this week. So come on in. And as you guys will, you'll probably notice that uh, Molly is out today this week and so we have chelsea with us Hello, chelsea welcome to Hi. building perspective live i've been on building perspective before but now i get to be live this is exhilarating i've never been on building perspective live either. <laughs> that makes you feel any better uh it's kind of like saturday night live just it's tuesday it's tuesday and i don't have a musical guest I said neither of us are comedians either, so this should go well. This should go really, really well. And again, like (laughs) I said, this is testing. So if it it all goes badly, we'll just chalk it up to the first time we've ever done it. And if it goes really well, then Chelsea looks like a genius. Either (laughs) way, it's a win-win for Chelsea. And if you're watching and you like it, leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments below. And then check out this week's episode that we're recording part of right now going to go live on Thursday or Friday of this week. And uh, speaking of that, so this week's episode is features John Lee from Rendering House. Super excited to have John on the on the uh, podcast this week. And our our topic of the week is going to be staying ahead of today's consumers. So couldn't think of a better person to have on the show to talk about all the neat technology and ways that we can be forward thinking and staying ahead uh, of our of our cu- customers than John Lee of Rendering House. John is the king of all of that content. So super excited to have him on. And uh, so yeah, so let's, before we dive into that, Chelsea, let's talk about our top topics of the week. Top you, topics. Top topics. You talked about, you had something you want to talk about this week. And yeah. uh, why, don't you, why don't you dive in first? Yeah, so we've actually been talking to a lot of our um, builders about this, but Facebook just recently announced that they're releasing a couple of different new interactive ad formats. Um, And one of them in particular, I think, with the home building industry, we can use it to learn a lot more about our followers on Facebook and what they want from us. So that exciting ad format is polls in ads. Polls. Polls in ads. So, I mean, voting is a very hot topic coming into 2020. And people love to have their opinions heard. And Facebook heard and listened and understood that. And so they're starting to roll out these poll ads. And what it does is you have a video playing in your ad and you have 
two different options. And we just built one today that was for a brand new community coming up. And at the, the poll options that we had were, do you want to learn more about this community or sign me up? And so we didn't really give them the option to say no, obviously. <laughs> so when they watched the video of the community, they were able to say, yes, I want to learn more about this community. And by clicking yes, not only did their vote count for, towards yes, and we can see, okay, this many people voted yes, but it took that user straight to the new website page, the new community page on the website. Awesome. And so it's not just voting like in the polls that we've been doing organically on social. There's a second step, there's a further step. Um, in the whole process. And then the contact us, um, like sign me up option that you could choose, takes them to the contact us page. Nice. And so you have two different options to pick from with this poll, but you can also send them to two different places with like we've seen with collection ads where you can send them to like four different spots or six different spots that's what people want. They don't want to go somewhere that where they're not totally expecting. If you say, yeah, I want to learn about this community, we're going to send you to the community page. And if you right. say, yeah, sign me up, we're going to send you to the contact us page. But that's great. It definitely lets people have a little bit of that um, online voice that they don't really get to have all of the time. And it sounds like what I like about that, though, is it's not your typical, like you said, it's not your typical poll where it's like, hey, help us choose the selections. Do you like white or black? Right. And it's like just clicking and giving that giving that poll result. Yep. It's actually it's a traffic driver. It can be mm -hmm. a traffic driver to specific pages, which is key that we see why we see conversion based ads, i.e. some of these collection, a lot of the collection ads drives so much traffic uh, into the web into the website because it can take people specifically where they want to go. Yeah, we're really excited to uh, roll it out. And maybe on the next time the social corner joins, we'll give you all updates on how those ads are going. A little foreshadowing. I like it. Yeah, I think also John Lee would totally love all of the new stuff Facebook's rolling out because the other interactive ad platforms have to do with um, VR and it's a little more e-commerce based. It's like people trying on glasses or um, putting lipstick shades on, but it's in an ad. But yeah. I think help with John Lee, there are a lot of cool things that could happen with that. There are. That's awesome. That's good stuff. I love, I love it when they keep pushing out stuff that's going to help drive conversions, not necessarily just just for the you know the fun stuff just where it stays on facebook but actually drive conversions that's yeah that's why we do what we do right yeah definitely awesome all right so my topic of the day yeah what was your um, top topic my top topic uh actually today's episode the entire title of today's episode was inspired off of this article slash video that i saw um, and it's back from August. It's from Google. It's called Think with Google. If you don't get those, you should sign up for it. I get, you know, weekly little insights and new statistics and things like that. But what I thought was really interesting is, and, and we'll post the, uh, we'll post the, the link to both of these articles in our show notes on the podcast, uh, as well. So make sure you go there on Thursday or Friday, you can get the links to those articles. Uh, but what I really liked is is we've been saying this for a while now, and I think Google's substantiating it even more. And it's we know that more buyers are on more devices and more mediums than they ever have been before. And what they're saying is, is that even what they're calling um, low or no consideration items to purchase. So really lower end product as far as price goes. I mean, you're not necessarily going to do a ton of research in the past on maybe a $50 item, right? Or like what popcorn. Or popcorn, right? <laughs> but what they're <laughs> finding is these low or no consideration items are actually starting to become higher consideration items because there's so much information out there. People are literally shopping and comparing everything. I mean, you'll, you'll, if you don't do it now, you're, you'll see people in the aisles of even the grocery store or Target or wherever scanning prices on, or, or taking pictures of items and then looking them up later. So we're starting to see the buyer journey 
lengthen, right? Because there's so much information out there for people to, to research and make sure they're getting the right, the right product. So you think about if the sales cycle is taking a little bit longer for even no or low consideration items and they're becoming high consideration items, just think about what that means for us as home builders and, and, and in real estate as a whole and how that correlates to the type of content. And you're going to hear what we talk about uh, later in the episode, a lot about content, but just think about how that correlates to the content that we produce. And so another interesting stat out of this video that I'm um, referring to an article is Google seeing that 80% of people that are searching are flipping back and forth between search. So traditional search base and then video. So they're switching back and forth between video and search, which I find really, really interesting because I know if when I'm searching for something, if I see a video come up in the results, I will almost hundred percent of the time check that video out. Yeah. What do you, what do you, do you do the same thing? I I can relate to absolutely everything you're saying the entire time that you were explaining. And I watched this video too, but even before when you were explaining it to me before I watched it, I think of like buyer's remorse and this happens to me all of the time. And I hate buying a product, even a low cost product like popcorn and then finding out that it tastes really bad and even though it was $3.29, I have buyer's remorse that I didn't do enough research. I didn't read all the reviews. I didn't watch the video on how the popcorn popped. And so now I'm in a terrible situation because it kills me. I have a whole container of bad popcorn that I'm not going to eat. And if people are thinking about that way about popcorn, they're, they're definitely thinking about that, that. They're definitely thinking that way about their new home. A $7 box of popcorn. Yeah. And right? I would be lying if I didn't say I watched stupid videos about how a clothes, how a dress moves when someone walks before I buy that like $25 <laughs> dress. Well, you know, but that's, that's more proof. What Google's talking about is there's these low or no consideration items rewind five years ago, maybe not even that long. But rewind a few years ago, you wouldn't have looked up your popcorn. You wouldn't have looked at how the dress flows when you when someone walks. Like you would have not thought that you could even figure that information out. I also didn't know it was readily available to me. But now there's so it wasn't many then. Now it is. So many people pushing content out and good content that explains it, and it's not just. Hey, look what look what look at the popcorn we have here for you. It explains right. everything that goes into it, the best way to make it, the best spices you can add to it to make it better. But the, yeah, we didn't have that a couple of years ago. But now that we do, and I have it at my fingertips, I'm not gonna waste the time or the energy or the money afterwards when I know before I buy it. I can do these things to prepare myself and not have buyer's remorse. That's right. <laughs> thanks, well, Google. Awesome. That's right. <laughs> thanks, Google. I think that's just going to be our hashtag. You're just going to thanks, Google. Hashtag thanks, Google. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Awesome. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our top topics of the week and our test run of Facebook Live Building Perspective Live. Thank you, and, Manuel. Uh, I think it, I think it went well. We're going to find out when we watch the playback yeah. uh, and make <laughs> sure it actually awesome. went well. <laughs> and so guys, make sure that uh, you tune in, keep an eye out. We'll announce it when the, the episode goes live Thursday, Friday this week. And uh, what we'll do is we're going to be right back with our special <laughs> guest, John Lee of Rendering House to talk about how we stay ahead with today's consumer. So uh Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back from our quick little break. And today we have our very special guest with us, John Lee from Rendering House. And we're going to talk about our topic of the day today, which is staying ahead of today's consumer, which that in itself can be a job. So John, welcome to the show. 
Hey, Matt, this is just like old times. We're just talking the same stuff as we normally do, except now we have a few million people listening to us. A few million. That's just uh, sorry, scratching that's the surface. Million. Sorry, that's <laughs> a few millions. I mean, a few of our minions. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just a few people, really, yeah, few like maybe people. a dozen or maybe a dozen or so. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we were just talking before we hit the official record button that this is what we talk about when you and I talk all the time anyway. So this is just going to be a fun, almost, uh, almost bar talk really. Right. Exactly. Like, this is just what we talk about normally. So anyway, well, before we dive into the nitty gritty, um, let's just in case there's the one or two people, uh, that may not know who you are and who you're and what your company is and what you do. Let's, let's just start there and then we'll, then we'll dive into the geek out stuff. Okay. Well, first of all, yeah, I, I've been in this industry for almost two decades now. And basically it came off the heels of, um, you know, downturn in 2001. I used to work in Silicon Valley with exposed to all of the tech stuff. And then, uh, with the 2001 recession there, I came back home and I've always been interested in real estate because I actually got a real estate license. My dad was in that. And I always thought this place was ripe for disruption. And so then I was one of the co-founders of rendering house, which really started out with, uh, you know, content visualization, you know, renderings and such. And over the last dec couple of decades here, um, this industry has really evolved. And finally, the, this tech laggard industry has really changed in the last five years, probably more changes in the last five years than in the previous 15 years before. And so we're quickly evolving from just a content uh, visualization provider you know, to more of a software development company and ultimately it's going to evolve to like a sales and marketing um, firm. That's definitely an interesting take, developing into a sales and marketing firm. Yeah, well, basically, you know, if you look at all the um, um, big unicorns out there, we're definitely nowhere near a unicorn, more, more like a Shetland pony, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and to survive nowadays, um, you know, even like Facebook, you would see it's like a social network, but it's really an advertising firm. You know, even like Zillow, you know, you're searching for houses is an advertising firm. Google, you're searching. And and basically, as we um, start to enable buyers to interact with our software and be able to find, design, and buy their homes, we are basically uh, a digital arm or online uh, marketing, um, you know, extension of the builder. And especially as we move toward uh, new technologies like AI, where you may have virtual buyer's agents, you know, instead of like just searching on your own, you set your parameters for your virtual buyer's agent. It's like a concierge service where it will go and find matching um, houses, communities, plans, options, and then notify you when it finds the match. So in that sense, it is um, a higher level of marketing going from the traditional just presentation marketing to, um, um, personalization marketing to experiential marketing to ultimately predictive marketing. And this is where all this stuff is going. Yeah. And, and really that, that kind of, those things are really under the big umbrella of the term that gets thrown around now, which is MarTech, right? Like marketing and technology, how, how these things blend together and starting kind of bigger picture kind of then diving down to down the, the funnel, so to speak. Um, I mean, how do you, how do you see things? Um, how's the MarTech side of things going to start impacting builders, you know, people in our industry? Yes. First of all, this MarTech phenomenon is not new to us. I mean, it is actually new to us, but it's actually very common in all the other industries. I mean, IBM earlier this year announced that uh, 2019, the hottest role is going to be the director of marketing data. And, you know, if you look yeah. at marketing traditionally, you know, marketing has really been like, you know, your uh, name here, building perspectives. It's really the right side of the brain. Marketing traditionally has really been about content creation, graphics, branding, creative. But now with technology and the boatloads of data that's, that's been generated, you know, um, what normally has been disparate business functions, you know, the IT side versus the, the marketing side are really coming together. And more and more um, to, to provide a very personal um, level of marketing to individual buyers online at a massive scale, you really have to have data-driven marketing. And that's where everything is coming together. So if you're a marketing person that, you, you know, you came in because of the cool advertising, 
you know, and creative part, you actually have to, you know, um, tune in to the data and the technical side, because not only is there the data predominant, but it's exploding in an omni-channel way. Um, you know, before it was just say newspaper print, you know, brochures and then website, but now you got cell center kiosk, you got uh, portals, you got, you know, email, social media. I mean, it's just exploding and it's all in the same cloud database. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think before it was always less than a handful of channels, quote unquote, that you had to worry about, you know, and then even when we rolled around as, as a industry, we finally started getting into the digital age, even just a recent of just a couple few years ago, it was all right. I'm going to manage my MLS. I have to manage my website um, and say Google ads at that time. It was called Google right. AdWords. Ha -ha. Uh, and then maybe a listing portal like Zillow or Realtor.com. And that was really like if you it's just maybe a handful or less of places that the consumer was going to go. But now it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's it's everything everywhere it's it's that uh, it is truly omni-channel yes omni-channel from a marketing standpoint but also from a technology standpoint it's moving across multiple types of devices where there's touch or voice or chat bots or mobile and um it's it's um moving across well, you got so many um, outsiders coming into this market i mean if one of the biggest investments nowadays this is this is prop tech property technology we we are starting mm -hmm. to feel those um, repercussions as it's moving from existing homes into the new home space. So we're going to have to compete in ways and then against competitors that we've never seen before. And if we're not get, becoming well-versed in the data side of things and the digital side of things, we're going to be obsolete from the marketing side of things as we try to uh, market to today's millennial shoppers particularly. Yeah, I think if you're a marketer today, if you if you have the word marketing anywhere in your title, um, you need to be able to read the data. I mean, and you don't necessarily always have to be the expert, but you do have to know what you're looking at and you do have to know enough about it to ask the right questions to maybe the right to the team that you have. Um, but if you if you look at the data today, and you're just like, I have no idea what any of this is. And I really don't have a desire to understand what this is. It's going to be a really big uphill battle. For yes. You. I mean, if you pull down to the essence of what marketing is, marketing is really about connecting buyers with products. And where does technology come in? Technology really just improves those connections. So technology is not a bad thing. I mean, not only is it the way people transact nowadays, but it really could um, help you get your message out and connect with buyers in a massive scale and maybe beyond people that are in your local market and allow buyers to, you know, experience your homes or design your homes and interact with you online in a way that traditionally you would have to get real estate agents involved. I mean, if you were talking about my company as we evolve into uh, more of a software company, the role we really play is becoming a, like a digital translator between builder speak and buyer speak. And they really speak different languages. The builders speak traditionally in like real estate terms and also in architectural terms like CAD files, site plans, you know, uh, floor plans, um, very um, archaic jargon basically for a buyer. The buyers aren't doing this all the time. So, you know, maybe this is the first time they ever even bought a home and they may not be able to speak all the jargon, but they know what they want when they see it, which is usually visual. So the buyers, uh, again, they don't know the terms, but they speak visually. And what traditionally um, happened because um, they, the two different languages couldn't speak to each other, the real estate agent was the intermediary that took the buyer to the builder, translated things, you know, explained things. But more and more, as people start shopping and starting their search online, instead of going to a, a human or a real estate agent, you need to have that digital translation happen in real time online. And this is where we come in and we developed a real time cloud rendering engine. So it translates all those uh, CAD files 
that the builders use into bits and bytes and then translate it visually into what the buyers see. And then the buyers now can design it and translates back to the builder what the buyers want. And so the more that we can do all this, the more that we can um, take away the pain points and um, all the friction points of buying online sight unseen before. It's the interpreter, right? You're the interpreter between the builder exactly. and the consumer. Exactly, in real time. You take what the take what the builder jargon, and then you convert that into consumer um, consumer bites, consumer jargon, which essentially is a, the visual component. And then they interact with that, and then that sends that data back through the translator back to the builder and speak that they understand. Exactly, and do this real time to re reduce those fears of designing something that you didn't get to see beforehand will really reduce the pain points for the buyers. Yeah, absolutely. And you said something before a little bit ago, and you used the word personalized marketing. And I think that that is such a key element to what we do today, because I've said this before kind of jokingly, but I'm also dead serious. It's people in, I think people enjoy getting marketed to when it serves their needs and it's something that's personalized for them. And I'll take that even a step further and say that the younger generation, and I, as soon we're going to have to stop calling the millennials, the younger generation, because they're going to be, they're going to dominate it, you know, as far as population right. goes. And they actually expect it. Like they expect a brand to know what they want or what they should want before they actually have even said yes. what they want. I mean, they share a lot of information online is pretty natural to them, but they're expecting that concierge service um, that I don't need to explain who I am to you and do, um, you know, meet with you and do all this stuff. You should already know me. You should already deliver just the content or the products that I want, when I want, how I want it, wherever I want it. And <laughs> that's a tall order for this tech laggard industry to meet those expectations. Absolutely. I mean, I think that the next iteration of home builder websites and the home builder, I wouldn't even just say websites, but it's marketing as a whole, but using, using the website as the example here is truly a dynamic interface that, um, you know, that's personalized to them. And maybe when they come back to the site, it's, it's, it's a dynamic homepage that says, well, you know, welcome back, John, you know, and then literally at the top. And then as it comes back in, it starts pulling in information that it's curated for you based on what you searched on the, what, you know, on the builder site. And then also based on your browser history, what you've also been clicking on. So if you came to my site and you were clicking on three bedroom homes, two baths, and you went somewhere else and you interacted somewhere else with, four bedroom, three bath, three car garages, you know, like those, that kind of information starts getting curated together to serve up the best consumer experience that they can have. Exactly. This is where marketing and technology really fuse together here. And this is actually um, what we're doing in our 2.0 My Home app, um, which we do for our over 300 builders. In our uh, My Home app, basically, not only can you come in there and design your home, you know, choose your colors of your exteriors, design your floor plan options, you know, pick your lot, you know, design your countertop and floors. And not only do you visually see it, but the price is automatically change, change with it with like a real time uh, mortgage calculator, just like you, you have with a new car online shopping experience. But on top of that, at the end, when you save your favorites and, and everything you like, it, um, actually creates on the fly a unique my home page just like your own netflix page or your own amazon page your own facebook page and then what happens for the marketers at this point instead of instead of marketing to the buyer on a generic website of the builder i mean they already know who you are they already um, know uh, what they like about you but now it's all about them so basically as the marketer you can see all the favorites that matt has designed you know, and compared inventory homes are even against the design, you know, which lots, which options, what, what your trade-offs are. And now you can see and curate that experience for them with relevant content or promotions or even like photos and language that they can relate to. And then basically you're moving them down an online digital sales funnel 
across whatever channel they come on because what happens in the app stays in the app because the app is cross channel. And then and I, later on, um, you, when you log back in, you start where you left off, just like your Netflix, and there's no reason for you to go backwards. And then you also give them the opportunity to either search on their own, like they traditionally way uh, that they traditionally do, which um, basically is help yourself, or you can take the concierge route, which is let us help. And basically you take a little quiz or questionnaire about what your must haves are. Hey, four bedrooms, three and a half baths. $400,000 in North Raleigh or whatever. But then you may also add in things like your wanna haves. Hey, I like a screen in porch. I like a cul-de-sac. I like, uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, near the pool. And then you also, maybe if they want to go further, they can offer more information like their demographics or psychographics. So, you know, I'm an outdoorsy person. I like socializing and whatever. And based on those parameters, the AI will now go and look across communities, builders, plans, options, and render it on the fly of what you would like. And basically at that point, it's almost like Tinder, you know, swipe left, swipe right, and it gets closer and closer. <laughs> and so basically it takes all the pain of shopping away from um, new homes because the, the first pain was not being able to see what you want. The second pain is the pain of looking every day across hundreds of websites and never knowing what you, you know, you missed out on that whole FOMO thing. If you're missing out, you don't know if a, if the perfect house came up one minute after you got offline. Well, now with the AI notifying you, just like Netflix notifies you of what the new movies are that you like, and you know, and recommending things, let the virtual buyer agent shop for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said let them pick up where they left off, and you think about what the consumer expectations are, and you know, I go if you go back and think about. Amazon five years ago and they started, you know, you know, maybe it's been a little longer than five years, but let's just five years ish. It was free shipping, right? It was just free shipping. And then it, and then it trends and then everyone else, they got used to that. And then everyone else started doing free shipping and then Amazon transitioned to, okay, how about free two day shipping? And now essentially everyone does free two day shipping. If I don't get free shipping within a couple of days, I, I literally won't even buy it. And then now fast forward, it's in most markets, there's Prime Now, which I've had things delivered within a 30 minute window before, you know, and it's just, and so you, and then that's that part, right? So that's what people get accustomed right. to and everybody else falls along. But now you mentioned Netflix. Well, if I sit down and I log into Netflix on my, in my house and I'm watching a show and I pause it, leave and for me maybe i've got to travel maybe it's shows that i've been watching and now i'm going to get on the airplane uh and i can click on open up my netflix and literally pick up where i left off from watching it on my tv screen and the whole point of that is we as consumers start to get conditioned to do things a certain way or have a certain level of expectation because to me i'm paying you know 10 bucks a month or whatever netflix costs and I get these things, but now when I come to make, to buy a house, to make the singular largest investment more than likely I'll ever make in my life, then I have to go back to the eight, to the ar archaic right. ages. And we, we, we can, as, as consumers, we get conditioned to this way of life. And then if we don't meet those consumer expectations as builders, we're never going to gain any market share from the from the used home segment we really have the um the bar set by buyers experiences in other industries and on other applications other apps i mean we have to mirror all those things i mean if you look at from a tesla they're able to find design and experience and even buy the car online and when they get the full driverless cars that car would drive to you so that's the one of the early bars for um, buying a new home is buying a new car online. Um, you look at Uber, you know, traditionally we have to go and hail down the, the, the cab and we have to go to where the product is. Uber brings the product to the buyer anytime, anywhere, anyhow, and it matches the buyers with the products and it notifies the buyer when it's there. We, they're expecting the same experience with their house. And you look at Facebook, Facebook, it's, as much as it's about social and there's a social element to collaborating um, 
for buying homes, which you can probably add in as well, but it has great visual content. The days of just looking at comments are over. It needs to have great photos, great videos, 360s, AR, VR down the road. And they also have personal web pages. So it's all about them and they can like what they want, which now curates what they want to see. We need to emulate all of that. And like you said, with Netflix, it has to be omni-channel, whatever channel, not only omni-channel, but whatever device you switch from, from your phone to your laptop, to your big screen as you move around. It also has to have the Amazon experience. It's not just being a buy online, but you can see ratings and reviews. You can um, put things in your shopping cart. Yep. And it actually merges marketing with sales. I mean, the days of marketing as a separate function from sales are over on the digital platform because and Amazon, you can learn about a product, examine it, and then consummate the sale right there without even talking to anybody. And of course, like with Google, you have to have relevant searches, has to have a rich map features, and has to have very in-depth analytics. We have that bar set across all these other industries that needs to apply to the most complex, collaborative um, investment, living purchase that you're ever going to make. Oh, yeah. And and there's probably 95% of everybody listening to this right now is just like thinking, Oh my gosh, how on earth are we supposed yeah, to pull this off? We actually, at the end of the day, have to appeal to the consumers. And and the consumers are trying to make this decision of, do I buy an existing home, which is easy to find on Zillow and anything else, and I see pictures, I can tour, and it's cheaper? Or do I go through this complex, painful, archaic process that is unlike any other online experience that I've ever had? I mean, that's why on Zillow they say, you know, um, over 40% of the people that are interested in buying a new home actually look at new, but only 11% actually do. I mean, that's like about 75, 80% drop off. I mean, no other industry would ever survive with that kind of like uh, dropout rate. And we're the only industry where there's new, there's new products, but we choose to buy used. I mean, why is that? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I think right now there's the, the price, I think this actually makes the argument even stronger. So right. there's the new versus used, there's the price gap. And we talk about having to close the gap all the time. And and some markets, new construction can be 30%, maybe a little higher of a premium than the, than the typical uh, resale home value or resale home average sales price. And I think that if the consumer... I mean, if I'm going to pay a 20 or 30% premium on a product, it doesn't matter what product, right? And then, exactly. and then wait longer. So I'm going to pay a premium and wait longer. I would expect an actual, a, a really great experience and be able to do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want, um, and not have any friction to get there. Exactly. If you're already starting off in a position of a disadvantage, major disadvantage, why make the customer experience and journey even more arduous? You know, um, why not make it relevant and also expand your market, you know, beyond just the local buyers who have to visit existing homes or whatever, you know, um, be able to sell to people from, you know, a lot, a lot of the new home buyers are actually relocations. And if they can um, shop and design their homes, and especially now with some um, new offerings from like Zillow and, you know, um, open doors where they will coordinate the sale of your existing homes and move into yeah. a, a new construction home and the timing is right and there's no gaps. We should, we should um, from a builder standpoint, start to embrace that to Im improve that whole painful, you know, friction experience. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, I, you mentioned AR, VR and just how the friction experience is in there. I was online on my phone the other day looking at the new iPads that came out and on Apple's website, there's a, there's a button or a little icon that pops up that says view this in AR. Right. And I literally tapped a button and I, I don't know why I need to look at a iPad in AR, but I can now. Right. So like right there in my web browser, I was able to produce this iPad on my kitchen table and spin around it and look at it. I can do the same thing with the new iPhone. I can look at it. Now, if I can do that for a $500 device or a $300 device, that, and I don't even really need that. I don't even need to do that for an iPad, right? right? I, I know what it is. I'm replacing one, right? Or I have a phone. I know what it is. I'm replacing it. Think about what the expectation is when they're spending 
200,000, 500,000, a million dollars on something. And you're like, Hey, I've got this thing and it's really great, but there's nothing to see. Right. I mean, they're already doing it for cars. They're doing it for furniture and, um, the expectation for, like you're saying, the largest purchase that is very hard to get your hands around. And, you know, we can even do it for uh, not just houses, but even the whole community site plan. People want to be engaged. They want to experience. They want to look at from every which way. They want to be able to um, visually communicate to their spouse. And there's nothing easier than to bring, you know, a, either a dollhouse scale or a full scale house where you can drop on your lot, you know, um, and experience it in a way that you would experience something real. Now, um, the other part of it too, that's the new technology is they're coming up with a new standard USDZ. I don't wanna get all jargony, but you can now email or text that model to someone without them having to download an app or anything. It just pops up and you touch it and it pops up right in front of you and you can rotate around 360. So you now have engaged the buyer in their environment, they didn't have to visit your website. You just found the perfect house for them. You text it to them. They, it pops up in like your iPad on your table. Now you're really invested in it and you're engrossed in it. And then you can touch it again and change colors and you could save it to your favorites. I mean, bring the product to you. This, this is what technology allows us to do. Traditional marketing was really spent about trying to coax and drive the buyer to the product. Now, digitally, we can bring the product to the buyer. Oh, no question. And if the problem is, is it's not that we can, it's that we have to be, we have to be going down that direction. You know, uh, I've heard multiple people say this. Um, I think I heard it most recently from Gary Vaynerchuk and it's like technology, I'm going to mess up the quote, but essentially it's along the lines of technology always disrupts. And the problem is, is technology always yes. wins, like always those who buck technology will eventually not be in business. Like they just won't. I agree. In my own way of saying it is like, if you don't run toward technology, technology will run over you. So, yeah. I mean, and it sounds scary. I'm not here to scare everyone, but right now everybody, um, they, first of all, they think their competitors is the builder down the street, but in reality, it's probably the existing homes from a marketer standpoint. And, oh, you know, always. But right now, they see the builder down the street. Oh, they're fighting with knives, so we fight with knives. Okay, until they fight with guns, I won't fight with guns. But what we don't think about is, like you mentioned, Amazon, and I'm just going to throw them out there. Out there, they 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 may just come in and say, "Why well, you guys are fighting with knives? Now, here's a nuclear bomb here," because they already have the e-commerce engine, they already have shopping carts, they already have the brand, they, you know, they have the scale, they have, you know, the cloud, they have all the things here that we don't even think about. And we don't even, you know, we're, we're just too busy fighting each other. And if you look at the consortium that they're putting together, I mean, um, a couple of years ago, they formed a group called Haven with uh, JP Morgan, you know, the uh, bank, and then also Berkshire yep. Hathaway with Warren Buffett. Now, that was great that they went after that for the healthcare industry. But the biggest industry in this country and the world is the real estate industry. Um, and mm -hmm. those three is actually a better match to disrupt our industry in that not only the things I just said about Amazon and their scale and capabilities, but you know, Berkshire Hathaway owns Clayton Homes, which owns, a, they're buying up a lot of stick builders and they, uh, you know, they have Berkshire Hathaway brokerage and Warren Buffett owns a lot of suppliers that feed into the building industry. You know, of course, JP Morgan has, uh, you know, all the mortgages and financing. I mean, if those three form a triumvirate there and come into a new home space, they can just disrupt, not just with technology, but because they have a lot of money in the bank and Amazon's always known to sacrifice, uh, profit for market share and maybe data even long-term that they could just come in here and make one or 2% profit off of, um, off of the new home space. Um, just basically to buy shell space to sell Alexa ring, you know, everything for your home to, to, through and for your home. Yeah. I mean, Berkshire <laughs> Hathaway sells all their brokerages, their, everything through it. It builders got to be looking at the consumer and what technology and what's happened to other industries that have been disrupted and not just look at, just imitating the guy down the road because you can all end up going down the, the tubes together. I mean, the days of just like, Hey, well, that taxi cab driver put in air conditioning. So we put in air conditioning. They're not thinking about Uber coming in and changing the whole ride sharing approach. 
Right. Absolutely. We, it's like the old joke, like you don't have to outrun the, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you, you know? And a lot, a lot of times that's the way our, our industry thinks it's like, well, I'm not going to do this unless they do that. Like I'm not going to spend, or I'm not going to invest, or I'm not going to take the brain power that it takes to do this. Cause no one in my market's doing it. Right. I always have a saying in this industry and I've been in here a long time and I've seen it happen. I always say they're slow to innovate, but they're quick to copy. And so they won't do anything until they mm -hmm. see somebody else do it. But I think those um, strategies of just waiting to copy is not going to work long term because with the way technology is going in the terms of the scales, the skills, the time to build it, um, the money to take to build it, they cannot do that on their own. And it will end up being a situation of the haves versus the have nots. I mean, there's 45,000 builders out there. If Amazon or somebody like that, I mean, there's so many uh, on the prop tech side, so many um, entrants coming in. If they decide, hey, I'm only going to work with the top 15 builders in every market with my technology and all, you know, that will that will appeal to all the um, millennial buyers or, or you know, um, new way of shopping buyers. That would just totally disrupt everybody else out because they the rest of them, the other 300 builders could never build something to compete with that. They would have to only be just relying on websites and brochures. It's, it's, it's a knives versus nuclear bomb scenario. Yeah, I agree. And as quickly as technology um, evolves, I think, uh, I can't think of the name of the person, but the, the statement, but it's basically the technology doubles every 18 months. What's that? Yeah, Moore's Law. Moore's Law, thank you. Moore's Law, technology doubles every 18 months. Well, it's to a point where if you're just trying to copy or catch up with whoever's leading the, leading the way in your market, then you're you're actually not even going to be able to copy them because you're always going to be behind them because of the the ever changing part of technology. Exactly, and this is where the whole Martech thing comes back into play. Here, it's not just about having the resource and the ability to create these cool UIs and apps and all this kind of stuff. Is that these other guys are actually collecting data that you they already know who the best customers are, where they want to buy what they want to buy, what price points. They even know from their AI and the data to predict buyers before they even know they want to buy. They say, hey, you've been living here for so many years. Your kids are probably out of school. You're probably ready to downsize. I know what you know how you spend on other things. Amazon already has all those data profiles about all those potential buyers. So they will actually be able to steal your lunch before you even prepare your meal from a marketing standpoint. It's the data that's going to drive the marketing. Marketing will always be second fiddle because you won't even see the buyers coming or the products going. Yeah. All right. So now we've we've done the uh, scare the bejesus out of people, right? So now, <laughs> yes, I didn't intend that, but there is a solution. There is an antidote. You know, you got to move fast. You got to move quickly. You got to move with a purpose, and we can talk about those things. That, yeah, that's right. And so I think one of the things that we're starting to see, and it's it's much needed, but we're starting to see, you know, as builders are investing into these back-end systems, these ERP systems, whether it's a mark systems and ECI, whether it's a sales simplicity, whether it's builder trends, whether, you know, fill in the blank, there's a dozen of them out there in our industry. Um, but What's going to, ha what happens here, there's, there's relief in sight. So you, you're housing all your data. So this, we have to start thinking about these backend systems as more than just a really expensive PO system and that just pays for stuff. And so it is actually housing all of your data. And so the key to actually being able to pull any of this off, it's any remote type of scale is actually tapping into all the different, you know, all the different systems that you use, tapping into these backend ERP systems to actually make this whole thing manageable. You exactly. You know, if there's one thing that we have versus any potential uh, tech disruptor, is that we have a head start. And basically, you know, we have all this data in ERP systems, CRM systems. Uh, different uh, websites and and you know for us we have our apps that you know so we know how the how the buyer designed their homes and what they liked and and who they are but the problem is we view a lot of this stuff as 
proprietary to our own segment of that whole uh, vertical chain of sales and marketing. When what, what really will keep the, the bear from eating the chipmunk is to make us, or the, or the, the mouse, is to make us look much bigger than we are. And that's to really to tie our disparate systems together. So it's a bigger bite to swallow and it makes the data even rich, richer. You know, you, you, you need to enrich the data and make it connected through this whole ecosystem through API. So in the one sense, the first thing is all these disparate systems, they need to want, uh, and maybe it's a mutually assured survival in a sense, we need to be able to share our data and um, that way we can really follow the customer journey across all these different platforms. It also makes it a very efficient, uh, cost-effective way for the builder so that they can input into say the ERP system and automatically updates all the way up the chain, but not just passing feeds, but they're always in sync. That helps with inventory management, that helps with uh, communications, online sales consultants, everybody's looking at the same playbook instead of, you know, one person have to communicate to another person and then the buyer just gives up. It's like there, there's five different systems and everything's being passed around. I know one of them is right. I just don't know which one. So we need to tie everything together and make us a formidable um, cloud database competition. And so are you starting to see those requests? Are you, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, but being able, so how are you guys managing that? Are you, are, you know, are you, are you working with the builders back end ERP systems and tie pulling content, pushing content? How's that working? Yes. Well, the one, the one interesting thing about our role in this whole sales and marketing chain is we're the content provider. So everything in a sense starts with us and as technology changes, we are, we are the tip of the spear. We are the canary in the mine because every time there's a new channel that comes up, there's a new format and it needs to be across mobile. It needs to be in this size, needs to be this resolution, needs, you know, needs to pop up and spin and do all these other things. So we see what's coming. And also because we're content, we're integral to all these things. The CRM people need to know what floor plans were designed. The ERP thing needs to update the site plans. So we feel like in one sense, we're the hub because we originate a lot of that visual content, which again, is what the buyers relate to. They don't care what you call these things and what the code is for that. They interact with it visually and they store it in their favorites visually. So what we have to do, what the builder's challenges to us is not only do we have to adjust to all the omni-channel um, explosions, but we have to connect to whatever ERP systems they have, whatever CRM systems they have, and you know analytics where there's Google and Facebook and website. And, and let's break that down easy, like in super, <clears throat> excuse me, super simple terms. When we're saying we're connecting to their ERP system, to their backend system, yes. What, how, what are you pulling? Just and then how does that typically work? You know, there are a variety of ERP systems out there, and there are different levels of, uh, let's say, technology platforms. <laughs> Some people still rely on feeds, batch feeds, which is like maybe a couple of times a day. Some people actually have APIs that you can plug into, but if they're um, updating, say. It would be similar to like an XML feed yes. that you would push to Zillow right. for your listings. Yeah. And, and, but some things are, are really through an application program interface APIs, or I, I should explain some of the acronyms, but um, that's good. But if we have two different applications, they can speak to each other and there's a number of different languages they can speak to each other. But what happens is ideally, you update something in your ERP system and it automatically updates the lot status on our site plan, not just the lot status, but um, which plans can go on that lot, which um, color schemes is the left hand, right hand. Uh, when is it going to be due for completion? All that kind of information helps your marketing because it knows that, Hey, if somebody's looking for, um, you know, a certain plan with a screen porch on a cul-de-sac lot, and it needs to be done in 60 days you want to have that visually appear on their interactive site plan on their mobile device. Real quick, I just want to help 
define what a couple of those things and the differences are for anybody who, who may not know. So when you're talking about a batch feed or like an XML feed type thing, that's really push or that's a push and pull. So it can happen once or twice a day. So something changes, your system then pushes data. So maybe a house is sold and this typically right, happens right. with Zillow. It's mm -hmm. once a day overnight. So your system then pushes their, your updated info to Zillow and then overnight they go, okay, thanks for the change. And then they pull it in and then now it's updated. But an API is essentially real time. It's a, it's really a native integration with this third party system. And it's, it opens up the lines of communication to be real time. So if I sell something and that, and I've got this other, your product that's out there that's producing content, it, instantly knows that this is sold and whatever those, you know, in a, an example of lots, we got lots one, two, three, and four on the plat map. And then lot two sells with the Juniper plan. That's going to be pushed real time to the next, to the next customer who's on your website or on that platform. And now they now know that lot two is gone and it's a Juniper. And then they can't put a Juniper on lots one or three. And all that happens in real time. Exactly. So not only does this save time and confusion for the builder and money, but because it's in the cloud and if your CMS, your content management system it has responsive design, um, your sales agents out there, when somebody's looking at a house or, or, or sold a lot, as soon as they touch it on their smartphone, it's immediately updated your ERP and the interactive site plan. So you don't have all these commu um, communication gaps and misunderstandings, but the real, um, special sauce in this whole mix is our cloud rendering engine because you may update data but the, the problem in the past is you would have to go back to the rendering company and say hey change that from a uh, green lot to sold red let now or you know the floor plan option or the price or whatever mm -hmm. you would have to go change it well what happens is the data speaks to the cloud and says hey turn those ones and zeros into blue and green or whatever and it happens instantly to thousands of people simultaneously 24 seven across whatever device. And so that really facilitates the whole process. And it even continues on as you deal with online sales consultants, because if you're using a screen sharing um, um, app and the buyers in there designing their homes and in their own my favorites homepage, the OSCs can look over their shoulders and design with them. So as they're looking up different options and availabilities as they update things it's all happening in real time the worst thing is to go and design something and then everything is out of sync or unavailable now you got to start all over so we need it happens with everything else in amazon and facebook everything is real time the days of batch is like cave paintings to our virtual tours <laughs> <laughs> right yeah Absolutely. Well, and, and that's and kind of putting a, a big red bow on it. I mean, we talked about all the things that the consumer expects, how we stay, you know, that kind of it exactly ties into our title, yes. staying ahead of today's consumer. And a lot of times it's not even staying ahead, it's just keeping up with um, because it, ha it changes so fast. But there's we as a, as builders, we have to make sure that we're utilizing the systems that we more than likely already have in place because there's not many builders out there left. I shouldn't say there's not many. The ones that I, there are plenty that aren't on some type of backend system, but there's, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Just ensure that the tools and the assets that you're either A, using now or B, in process of looking at are communicating with all the other assets that you have, your website. Uh, your content creation of outlets like rendering house, you know, things like that, where it, it all ties into the analytics and the data and how it's interacting with each other and understanding what the consumers are doing, but you can still actually manage this thing to scale, just making sure that all of your assets yes, and communicate I, together. I want to emphasize that it doesn't have to be uh, additional costs. I mean, like when we give our apps, well, when we do our apps, we don't charge for it. It's free. And basically you take your static content, you make it interactive. We also um, take it from just your website um, app experience to the cell center kiosk. That's also free. 
So because we're able to um, leverage the advantage of a scale in a cloud database, and then some of the APIs that we can connect with other systems, by and large, it's not an expensive cost. And in sharing that data with partners, we may be able to eliminate redundant systems, redundant feeds, and that could save time and money to both the vendor and to the builder. And so it could actually be a win-win where you develop a technology, a MarTech product that's appealing to the buyers, but it also improves your profit, profit margins and um, maybe expands your marketplace to buyers that you would have never appealed to before. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Well, that is good stuff. And that is a perfect wrapping point for yes, today. We, go on otherwise on. we could go on for at least another hour. <laughs> so we got a great pausing point. I'm not going to say stopping point. I'm going to say pausing point. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, John. As always, it is uh, a fun conversation and topics about what's coming up next and kind of what to be prepared for. So really appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to uh, to having you on again soon. Yeah, thanks, man. I really enjoyed it. Say hi to Molly. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, John. All right. And that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you again, John, from joining us. Such a great episode. Really great content, as always, is what we would expect from John at Rendering House. Really appreciate you being on the show. And make sure you tune in next week. Molly will be back next week. And uh, really appreciate Chelsea subbing in for Molly as our co-host. She did a wonderful job. And I hope you guys... Uh, enjoyed this special episode of Building Perspective Live, at least the first part of our segment that we did on Facebook today, and uh, looking forward to continuing to do some more things. So just make sure you guys help join in and, and uh, join the Facebook group, Building Perspective, where you can ask questions, get them read and answered on the show. So thanks so much. It's been fun building perspective together. We'll talk to you soon.